This is Right from the Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Aaron Taylor Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? <laughs> As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you. Bringing interviews, inspiration, and information to encourage, refresh, and equip you to embrace the deep, to find your truest story, your truest message in the deep places. You can get the episode show notes, lots more information and encouragement, and your free audio download, Five Crucial Ways to Safeguard Your Writer's Heart, at writefromthedeep.com. Hello, you from the deepers, wondering what's going on in our world? Where well, here you go. We are going to be at the Mount Hermon Christian Writers Conference. Yay, we're so Yay. excited. That's in the lovely Redwoods of California, and that is April 1st through 7th in next year, 2020, y'all. And Karen and I will actually both be doing pre-conference clinics, so we're super excited about that. More about that later. And thanks to all our patrons on Patreon. Thanks so much, especially to our November sponsor of the month, Priscilla Sharon. She's working on her memoir, and I love the title of this, Bunked, Life, Love, and Laughter with Traumatic Brain Injury, TBI. And that will be published by Redemption Press. You can find out more about Priscilla and the blog she writes for, for the TBI slash PTSD community at her website, Priscilla Sharon. That's P-R-I-S-C-I-L-L-A. S-H-A-R-R-O-W.com. Thank you, Priscilla. Thanks, Priscilla. And now, here's here's the the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Right from the Deep. We're so glad that you're here to spend this time with us and to talk about a topic that really hit me a couple of weekends ago when I was watching a documentary. And we'll talk more about what the documentary was as the podcast goes on. But as I was watching this whole thing about what happened to all these people, it hit me that they were following some guy who was making outrageous claims, so outrageous that if you had even a moderate understanding of Scripture and who God said he was, that it, it made no sense to me that these people did what they did. And I thought, how, how did they become so lacking in any sense of discernment? Because the people who got involved in this were people who wanted to do good and they wanted to to make a change in society for good. And serving God was a good thing in their minds. And yet they followed this guy who was outrageously false. Hmm. And so Aaron and I started talking about that and how important it is for us as writers to have that refined sense of discernment and and why we need it and what discernment is and how does it come into play with what we do as writers. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, discernment. Yeah. And so, okay, let's start. What is discernment? We should start with figuring out what this thing is. And so we turn to good old Webster and Webster says to discern is to detect with the eyes, to detect with senses other than vision, to come to know or recognize mentally, to recognize or identify as separate and distinct. I also like this definition that Webster gives us, to see or understand the difference, to be able to tell what what the real thing is and what the false thing is, to see and understand the difference. And discernment is the ability to do this, to discern, or the act of discerning. I love how Webster does that. You know, discernment (laughs) is the act of discerning. (laughs) 
So that's that's all very cool. Right. And the thing is, is that discernment also stresses accuracy. And I like that. But one of the one of the things we can do also when we're thinking about what is discernment, let's think about what is not discernment. What's the opposite? And one opposite that Karen and I thought of is dullness. It's not seeing, not hearing. It's I, I came into this understanding the other day. Uh, I was trying to prepare food with a dull knife. OK, <laughs> it, it doesn't work. It can't make sharp cuts sharp lines everything is mushy and honestly it's even dangerous to try to cut something with a dull knife another thing that's the opposite of discernment is folly or foolishness to make decisions bad decisions dumb decisions even hurtful decisions and to act foolishly and you make these decisions based on the wrong things and a wrong understanding or based on the fact that you can't recognize that it's bad decisions right another opposite is just mindlessness you know right and if you put all three of these things together dullness foolishness mindset mindlessness all of that i think can be summed up by just simply not thinking or seeing or heeding or knowing or not paying attention I saw this acted out here on our property just a couple of weeks ago. Um, we have a little alarm in our driveway. So because we have this long driveway, we live on what's called a flag lot. So we have this long driveway to our gate and we have an automated gate that opens and closes. And we have what's called a ring doorbell, which is a video doorbell. And that sounds off as well when somebody is coming to the gate. So both the driveway alarm and the ring doorbell sounded. Well, in the time it took me to stand up and head outside, my dogs had just raced outside, barking and snarling. And, and they're small dogs. Okay, I have a corgi and I have a corgi Boston Terrier mix. But I got to tell you guys, these animals are fiercely protective of our property. So I have a sign out by the pass-through gate at the front where you would walk through that says, warning, security dogs. It's right there. <laughs> Well, the UPS guy apparently felt that I took too long to come outside, and he came through that pasture gate, walked right past that warning security dog signs. By the time I got outside and was walking, it was just in time to see this guy vault over that six-foot <laughs> oh, automated gate because the dogs were at his heels getting ready to rip his feet off and tear up his calves. Oh, if they gotten hold of him, it wouldn't have been pretty. So he vaulted over that gate. He bent the gate. He landed really hard. And, you know, it's a blacktop driveway, so he's kind of laying there. And then he jumps back up like, wow, I meant to do that. And I, <laughs> I came up and I came through the pasture gate and I looked at him and first I asked him if he was okay and he said yes i said did you not see the sign and he said well no he said i just i didn't even notice it well this was all caught in video on our ring doorbell so i went back after we talked and and i looked at the video he came walking through the gate saying hi doggy nice doggy so he must have read that sign hi doggy nice doggy security dog that does not equate hi doggy nice doggy so i heard him hi doggy nice dog ah! and then up over the gate he went so that is a combination of dullness foolishness and mindlessness because he saw the warning and didn't even pay any attention to it and one other thing we should mention is you know making decisions based on emotion or anything yeah. else rather than thought you know we do that too and that lacks discernment that's the opposite of discernment now what types of discernment 
do we want to develop in our lives? Well, first is a discernment based on God's word. And the example is that documentary that I saw. It was about Jim Jones and the People's Temple. And as I'm sitting there watching it, and admittedly, this all happened 30, 40 years ago, and I'm looking at it with the advantage of history and knowing what happened. And yet they had recordings of the things that Jones said to his followers. And 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 they talked about the things that Jones did, like he developed these enforcers who snuck around in in the group, the People's Temple, listening for anybody who spoke against Jones. And then those people were taken in. They were tortured. Wow. They were isolated. It was just, it was unbelievable to me. And these were not stupid people. And so I kept watching them and thinking, and then it came to the part where they drank the Kool-Aid. Now, that's that's a cliche today. But folks, they, they not only took that Kool-Aid that had arsenic in it, they not only took it for themselves, but they gave it to their kids. It was unbelievable what they did. And all I could think was everything that this guy is saying, he called himself God. He called himself the Savior. The things that he was saying were so against Scripture. How does somebody follow that? If they have even a moderate understanding of scripture. How do they buy into something like that? And so the discernment based on knowing God's word will save you from those kinds of things. And, you know, discernment doesn't always have to mean like, hey, that's really blatant. You know, you, right. deception can be really subtle too. Satan is a master of twisting, of giving just enough legitimacy to something that it sounds true. He can take scripture out of context. You can have one verse proportionally way overweighted and that can yeah. become deceptive teaching you know even even satan uses scripture to try to tempt jesus so our sense of discernment needs to be fine-tuned because these details matter right then there's discernment based on a leading from the holy spirit now i've always been very sensitive to the holy spirit's leading for whatever reason. And when my husband and I were first married and we were going around looking at apartments and trying to find places to live, we walked into an apartment that was very close to his job and it seemed a great apartment and it was for a great price. And I just, we walked in and it was like my skin was crawling and, and I had to, I turned around and I grabbed his arm and I said, we have to leave this place. And Don looked at me and he's like, well, but it's everything we want. I said, you don't understand. We have to leave this place. And so he didn't understand, but but he trusted me and we left. And it was a couple months later after we found the apartment that we lived in for 10 years. A couple months later, we read in the paper that the guy who owned that place and who was the landlord had holes drilled all throughout the walls and had cameras going and was basically a warrior making uh, movies of the things going on in that apartment. So he was arrested. <laughs> I just looked at Don and I'm like, I told you there was something wrong. See, that's so. the thing is, is that that's not something that you can rationally right. know from facts that you see. It's based on leading from the Holy Spirit. There's right. also discernment based on personal experience, and that's mm -hmm. recognizing something you've seen, something you've experienced, and that you've learned from all three of those things. You see it, you have experienced it, and you've learned from it. 
I can uh, get a pretty good read on people from the standpoint of mental health because my husband comes from a really abusive background and is a lot of the people in his family have been scarred. And so 40 years of marriage to him and, and us dealing, working through his issues and 20 years of counseling trained me to be able to recognize things that other people can't recognize. Here's the thing about discernment based on personal experience. Like we said, you have to experience it and you have to make mistakes and you have to be willing to learn. I, I have an example, too, here. When when I was uh, maybe a few years ago, my dad was teaching me how to worm fish. I love to fish. And this was something I had never known how to do because this, this is not a night crawler. This is just a plastic worm. And you drag this thing. Your hook is buried in it. You drag it along the bottom of the lake. And the deal is you have to wait for a fish to come along, pick this thing up that you're dragging, and once that fish picks it up, then you set the hook, which takes the hook out of the worm and buries it into the to the fish's mouth. But if you don't know when you've got a fish, you're never going to catch it, okay? <laughs> it's never gonna... So here I am cranking along, and I'm like, is that a fish? No, no, is it a rock? Is it a fish? It's a rock. You know, and you have to, like, be setting the hook, and I can't tell you how many times I set the hook into a rock, into a piece of brush, into nothing. I have thrown my pole over my shoulder into the lake because I thought I had a fish and I did not. I've dragged some poor little five-inch fish like five feet out of the water because I thought it was a monster. It wasn't. And I've lost more hooks than I care to admit. But you don't know what a fish feels like until you've experienced it and made all right. of those mistakes about what's not a fish and what is a fish. And then you can identify it all. So it's a process of yeah. learning and giving the time to do that. So you may be asking yourself as you're listening to us, you may be thinking, well, that's all well and good, but why do I need discernment in what I'm doing as a writer? Well, because your job is to speak and write truth, God's truth. Your job is to tell whether it's fiction or nonfiction, these stories or these um, experiences based around God's truth that will illumine and will help your readers. And you need to have and understand truth. You need to have a familiarity with and understand what truth is, God's truth, to speak and write it, which means you have to be well acquainted with it to recognize it and to recognize its counterfeits. Exactly. I mean, if you don't have truth to tell, what do you have to tell, right? Mm -hmm. And not only, though, you, you have to have it. You have to speak the truth correctly and accurately. Second Timothy 2.15, it, it says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. But there's also warnings. You know, James 3.1, it has a warning. It says, not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Right. So there you go. If you're a writer, you are a teacher. No matter whether you're writing fiction or nonfiction, you're still teaching with the truths that you put in your writing. We also need to speak against falsehood. You know, this documentary talked about the people who, when they first started following Jones, they were all in and, and they bought everything that he said. And then as things got a little more and more warped and disturbing, they started to question whether he really was who they said he was. But they didn't feel they were afraid to speak up against falsehood. It's a real problem 
for people today, for believers today, because with social media and with all the vitriol that's out there, so many believers are afraid to speak up about truth when they recognize falsehood because they feel as though they're going to come under attack. Well, friends, I got to tell you, you need to come under attack. If the enemy is speaking falsehoods and swaying people to his side and you see that and recognize it and you don't speak the truth, that's a serious problem. Remember, 1 Timothy 4.1 says, Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. In Ezekiel, it talks about us being a watchman on the wall and speaking truth. And if we don't speak truth to the people that God tells us to speak truth to, we'll be held accountable for their poor decisions and even for the fact that they don't come to faith. Those things will be held accountable on us because we didn't do what God was moving us to do. So right. you need to speak against falsehood when God is telling you that you should do so. Right. You also need discernment. We all do to make good decisions regarding our writing career. There's right. so many decisions. You know, are you going to try for traditional publishing? Are you better off going indie? What about getting an agent? This one, that one? What about which publishers you should target? What genre is the best? for you? What are you passionate about? What about timing and strategy for marketing and on and on and on? You need discernment to make good decisions. And you need to be able to rely on that discernment, to know that that discernment is founded on the right thing, especially when things don't go as you expect. Yeah. How many of us have done something that we felt God leading us to do in our writing career, in our lives, whatever, and then things don't go the way we think they will? Suddenly we're looking at our lives and we're saying, this is not the cruise I signed on for. <laughs> but second guessing isn't at all helpful. Confidence in the fact that God is present and that he brought you to that place that you felt led to for his reasons and his purposes, and he's at work making it all make sense. You may not know that until eternity, but you can trust that your discernment was based in him. Right. We also need discernment to avoid temptations of all kinds. Satan is called the father of lies for a reason. Yeah. His yeah. biggest weapon is lying. It's deception. So we have to be able to fight against that. You know, some temptations that we face are thinking too highly or too lowly of ourselves, chasing the wrong thing, money over calling perhaps, or time writing rather than time with your family, which is your first and most important ministry. The temptation to sell out, to pad your numbers, to put writing first. It's just there are so many things that you're being nibbled to death by these ducks of temptation who come up and, and just kind of irritate you and wear you down until you finally give in. Discernment can help you not do that because you can recognize these things for what they are. Another temptation is overcommitting or committing to the wrong things. Yeah, I know, I know. When you're a writer, you really are a capable person and you can accomplish a lot and do a lot. But just because you can do something, just because you're able to do something, and even if it's something good, that doesn't mean it's what God wants you to do. You have to rely on that discernment based in him and his truth for yourself personally to decide where to spend your time and your energy and your gifts. Right. So 
We've talked about what it is and why you need it. Well, how do you get it? So first of all, for most of us, let's understand this is a process. Developing discernment is a process. You need to be, like we said before, very familiar with God's truth and with God Mm -hmm. so that you can tell his voice from all of the false voices seeking to derail you. So what do you do? You study God's word. You really study. I'm not talking about, eh, got to read my Bible today. I'm talking about read it and ask questions. Dig deep to what does this mean? And then not just what does it mean in general, but what does it mean today for me right now, tomorrow, going forward? How does this challenge me? What is this speaking into my culture and into my world? Um, 2 Timothy uh, 3, 16 and 17 says this, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Guys, you won't be equipped without the Word of God. Not only that, but that Word of God can make you thoroughly familiar with the Master's voice. I had a really good friend. He's still a really good friend. Um, And every time, I, I absolutely loved his voice. And And every time he would call me or we'd start to talk, just that millisecond when I'd answer the phone and I heard his voice and I knew it was him, joy filled me. We need to know God's voice that well. We need to feel that joy and that certainty when we hear his voice. And then when the, when the false voices come, when the counterfeits come, we'll know that that's what they are, that they're counterfeit. So after you're equipped and after you're familiar, you've got to apply God's Word every day. And that gives you experience, for one thing, because God's Word will prove itself. For example, what does it mean to love someone, your spouse, your reader, your parents? You can find that in God's words, and you can resonate to the truth of what He says, and then you take those things and put them into practice. So ask God. For discernment, like Solomon did in, in 1 Kings 3.9. So give your servant a discerning heart, he said, to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? Well, God is able, and he's able to give you everything you need to have discernment today. And what I love about that example, too, is that God was so pleased that Solomon asked for discernment. We can know that asking for discernment will please God. He wants us to be discerning. And another thing that we can do is we've talked about experiencing things, yes, but you've got to also listen to others with experience, and you've got to pay attention to what you learn. It's it's important to not make excuses. Like if you make a mistake, you know, you you got to dig in and learn from that. Hebrews 5:14 uh, talks about training ourselves to discern good from evil. That's a that's a dig in process and that comes with probably mistakes. My dad used to tell me this story. Um, he worked at a major corporation for uh, many years and he said there was a guy there that that had worked for him and made a very big costly mistake, like thousands of dollars. I don't know, maybe $10,000 it cost the company. And this guy expected to be fired for that mistake. And you know what the boss said? He goes, 
why would we fire you? We just spent thousands of dollars educating you. (laughs) (laughs) So the deal is we've got to embrace that education. When we make mistakes, embrace it, learn, grow. How do you grow in discernment specifically from the Holy Spirit? Well, first, listen. Stop dismissing those nudges and those sensations. If if I had dismissed those feelings that I had when Don and I went into that apartment, if I had just said, it's just my paranoia, you know, I'm just being silly, and continued forward, we would have ended up in a world of hurt. You have to listen, and then you have to pay attention. Like Aaron said, pay attention. When you get those nudges, when you get those little voices, guys, the Holy Spirit speaks in so many different ways, from gentle nudges to what can feel like a hammer to your chest. So don't just dismiss those inner voices or urgings when they come. Really pay attention. And the Bible says to test everything. First John 4, 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. It's not a sin to test. You should test everything. First Thessalonians 2, uh, First Thessalonians 5, 20. It says, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. And then get this, hold on to what is good. So some aren't going to be good. So again, test everything. And one of the ways, the most specific ways that we test, obviously, is looking at it based on Scripture, but also praying about it. Pray about your decisions, your choices, your activities. Learn to identify the Holy Spirit's leading in His voice. Offer it all onto the altar. Don't hold on to anything too tight. Hold on to things with the desire to serve God and ask Him to speak to you and make your decisions clear. And one thing we should also talk about here is how do you keep discernment? You may have been Mm -hmm. discerning once, but we need to keep that. So how do we do that? Well, you maintain your skills. You keep practicing discernment. You can't take a day off because... And this is what it tells us in 1 Peter 5, 8, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The enemy keeps practicing and refining his abilities, his lies, and his ways to get into your heart and your mind. So you have got to maintain your skills as well. Right. One, one, one night, Karen and I were traveling, and we were staying on the grounds of a big cat refuge. It was, no, it was very so cool. cool. <laughs> but at night, we heard the lion roar, okay? Uh. Not just once, several times. And I'm telling you, I would never wander into its pen after hearing that. But here's the thing. When you don't hear the lion roar, that's when we have to remember they're still stalking, okay? They're still stalking us, and we can't forget it. I got to tell you, though, that lion roar, that goes all the way into the bones when you hear it. It's like you have this visceral, holy crap. Yes, a survival <laughs> we instinct. We need to have that same understanding of God's voice, not holy crap, obviously, but Holy Spirit speak to me. And we also need to avoid activities that lure us into complacency. It's so easy to do that. There are activities out there that will dull your senses, things that, especially in our culture, lure you to believe that there is no truth. Or truth is 
conditional. It's based on our feelings or there's no need to be so judgmental. You know, just go with the flow. This is what the way society is today. Be careful because truth is truth. God's truth is still truth. Even when our culture refuses to acknowledge that. I experienced something like this just actually yesterday. I'd been watching a new series called Evil. Now, a true confessions here. I like creepy shows. I like shows that look at the psychology of serial killers and those kinds of things. I like forensic files. I like seeing how everything works. Well, this particular show had a a believer and a non-believer who were going in and trying to determine whether things were the, the result of Satan being involved in the world or in people's lives or if it was physical or mental illness or whatever. So I found the show fascinating, and there was just enough truth about evil, about the ways that Satan works, and about the ways that God works. There was just enough truth in there to keep me drawn in. But I started to realize, maybe a week and a half ago, that what I was seeing in this show was influencing my dreams. Hmm. That I was sensing when I would wake up in the morning, I had a feeling of whatever had happened in my dreams during the night, it was not good. And and I, I could kind of recall some of the things. And so I just made the decision yesterday. I told my husband, I said, I'm not watching that show anymore. I'm not putting those things in my mind. I'm not giving the enemy a foothold because I want to watch something like this just to pass the time. So took it off my TV, took it off the recording, and decided instead to focus on things that will make me well acquainted with the with God's voice rather than with the enemy's voice. Right. And besides avoiding activities that could lure you into complacency, we need to avoid people that lure us into complacency, too. And it's not that you can't, you know, have friends to whom you're being a witness, okay? But you don't do that lightly. You've got to go in to that type of situation with protection and with deliberateness. The Bible says, he who walks with the wise will grow wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. So we need to be careful about who we're spending time with and why. So what are we saying? We're saying gain discernment. If you already feel as though you have a strong sense of discernment, that's great. Continue to work on those skills. Continue to draw closer to God that you can recognize His voice and His leading in a way that you can't be fooled by the deceivers out there. And there are a lot of them. There are a lot who want to draw you into giving up on what the truth is and just going with the flow. Make sure in whatever you're doing, whatever decisions you're making, that you are bringing those things to God and letting Him give you the wisdom to make the right decisions for your writing career, for your families. Discernment isn't just a neat word. Discernment isn't just Christianese. Discernment is reality, friends, and it will save you in times when nothing else will. So continue to move forward, continue to refine that ability, and may God bless you as you do so. Amen. Amen. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. We hope you found it helpful. And if you know someone else who needs this podcast, please share it. You can find backlist episodes and lots more resources at our website, rightfromthedeep.com. Yep, we'd love to connect with you guys there. So until next time, embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same. Amen. Amen. Amen.